Ladies and gentlemen, we are Grogu, for this is the Fred the Alien Productions podcast. <laughs> yeah, the yes. first thing that I thought, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Cue the music. I don't know what we're yelling about. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Finished. Are you telling me you built a time machine? What about DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Conversation anyway. Loud noises! Hello. Hi. (laughs) Oh, hello. (laughs) Oh, hello. Hello. I am a Kendall Richardson. I am a Fulia Kantarmacher. And I just learned a uh, brand new film theory that's actually quite interesting, involving Lord of the Rings, uh, the Lord of the Rings films. Uh, <laughs> did you know that Frodo doesn't know Legolas's name? Huh. What? Mm, because the only uh, interaction that they've had uh, was only one line. You have my bow. That's it. Oh yeah, no, I, I know that, I know that, and because it's like the, at the end of Return of the King, there's that sh- when they're all coming in and Frodo's in the bed, and then he just looks at like Alyssa, it's and like, just look at each Gimli, other, Aragon. He says you. he says everybody's name except, except Legolas. Except Legolas, it's so <laughs> funny. But um, I know my name. I'm Michael Lister. Hey. <laughs> that was a long one. That was great. <laughs> that was great. And you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yes, yep. experiencing it through love, affection, and everything biodynamics from Boston. <laughs> yes. Please destroy all those robots, please, before you put an AK 47 on them. Oops, too late. <laughs> but no politics here. No politics, uh, yeah. So much no, so that I have no all. idea what you're talking about. Well, you know the Boston Dynamics robots. You know the 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 the, the dogs. Yeah, the four legged dogs. Oh, no, yes, gotcha. Yeah. Yes, yes, uh huh. So they they practice them and and they do a little dance, which is good. As it's like uh, someone like mm. me who likes uh, sci-fi is like, please, please, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> No more, please. <laughs> no more, please. No. Yeah, no. and uh, there was a video that um, a, a, a fireys over in America. They actually bought one to help them like locate people in like uh, rubble and that. Uh, they deployed mm-hmm. one, and it took one pebble, and it fell on its ass. So <laughs> cool. Cool. All right. Well, Fun. maybe the the uh, robot apocalypse is not exactly upon us just yet. Yeah, we can no. take it out by rubble. 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 <laughs> Chuck, grit right. at it. Right. <laughs> grit. All right. Uh, thank you for being here with us. If you're watching, if you're listening, we appreciate every way you consume this show. So thank you. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, we'll just dive right in, as we always do, uh, with the weekly watchings. I'm excited for this because Foley has been doing some catching up on some things. I know. She, no. she, <laughs> yes. What do you have for us? What have you been watching, Fulia? Okay. Well, uh, I finished 
my watch through of Moon Knight. <laughs> hey. hey, nice. My second watch through. This is the first it? Marvel show that I have decided to watch through from start to finish, and I Ooh. loved it even more. Like it just, <laughs> I I keep I keep seeing things that you know makes me just laugh and smile, and and then you know the parts that obviously make your heart break as well, and um you know just it, it was just great to also see Tarot again hmm. Layla <laughs> yes, hippo. yeah i so oh, love her yeah. um so much so to the point where i'm considering cosplaying as uh, as scarlet um scarab at some point uh, i just got i really i really want to so i i gotta figure out how to put the costume together so that i can make it work oh please do <laughs> that'd be amazing yeah so um not sure when it'll be ready if i you know ever get around to it uh, <laughs> Next okay. supernova. but wow. take your time yeah you got a year <laughs> yeah i've got a year i set myself a goal <laughs> um, but uh yeah no i just i love it so much and i just I, and uh speaking of supernova i did go to supernova today uh, but ah. only for a few hours. I, man- I managed to score myself a ticket for free, so oh. from a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, I was very lucky in that instance. Otherwise, I wasn't going to go. Um, and I saw someone cosplaying as Moon Knight, which yeah, was cool. Yeah, that's cool. Like, it was amazing. Like, they had the full, like, the bandage and the mask and just everything. It, was, um, it looked so good. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, didn't get a photo because I was, you know, just walking around, but um, it was it was amazing just to see that. So happy to see a Moon Knight, <laughs> hell yeah, cosplayer out there. Um, and the other thing I will mention is that uh, I finally caught up on the Bad Batch, and I am very sad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Feels Train, Fulia. <laughs> Don't you mean Feels Monorail? Yeah. No, no, too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Good though, right? But yeah, it was it was brilliant. I really loved it, and yeah, it just broke my heart into bloody smithereens, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna say anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers territory. We already did that episode. Well, we've already done uh, yeah, that. You've yeah, already, you've already done that discussion, but that's, you know, just me. I'm, the, I'm just here. I'm just like, oh, I'm so sad right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's, that's literally all I've been watching this week, to be honest. I, I, don't, I didn't really have much else uh, in terms of things to watch this week um i continue my watch on disney plus of um how i met your father though um so it's actually not a bad series like it's not it's not the same as its predecessor which is you know how i met your mother but it it kind it's it's relatable in for for our generation at least because um you know they're all kind of our age and a lot of the stuff that they um, that they talk about and they encounter is similar to some of the stuff that we go through. So it may it makes it a lot more fun uh, to watch. Um, and Hilary Duff is freaking amazing. So <laughs> she's doing a great job as the lead mm. uh, character. So that's good to hear. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we also, you know, get a couple of cameos of Barney Stinson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because, of course, he has to be in it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I've been watching this week. <laughs> nice. Thank you for that. Um, Michael, what about you? Hello. Um, I will just mention uh, on the back of uh, Bad Batch, um, I deliberately did not put two and two together on your watchings, Fulia, because you... <laughs> You said some things in the chat, and I thought, oh. I did. <laughs> you screamed out tech for some reason, and I thought, oh, is your computer um, malfunctioning or, or whatever? It's like, no, watching Bad Batch is like, oh. <laughs> I knew it's so funny. I, I jerried straight away that that's what Folio was referring to. And then, and then, Mike, when you responded, I thought that... <laughs> I thought that you were making a joke, like, uh, like, make, like, you know, because we have tech issues all the fucking time. And then when you <laughs> replied back again, it was, I was like, oh wow, he actually didn't. <laughs> I was just dying. Oh, <laughs> but dude, dude, I was, con- it was, I was so confused. Good. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> tech? No, no, tech, <laughs> tech, tech. <laughs> fucking amazing, uh, amazing. Yeah. Anyway, that was that, that was one of my highlights for for the for the week. Uh, but within the week, um, the first two episodes of Barry uh, came out, so I watched Barry. It's very interesting at, at the moment because it is going to be the last season, and uh, and where it's going, it hasn't gone anywhere really yet, which is strange for a two for the first two like being dropped at the same time. Um, uh, apparently, uh, these two have been uh, directed by Bill Hader, so it's oh. it, it's very interesting. It's it's sort of narrative sense. It's more experimental, and I like I like that. But it's it's sort of dealing with the mindset of what where Barry is at the at this present time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know none of you like have watched it but it is a very interesting thing and it and i saw on twitter that um bill Hader is actually uh working on three movie scripts at the, at the uh right now so it looks like he's mm. going to be leaning more into like directing and that's cool yeah yeah i like that i like that fact because i do i do enjoy it like Bar- barry and what what it's Sort of mixture of comedy and dramedy and 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 everything and uh, Bill Hader's like a big cinephile so he so he, he, he's a bit like uh, it's a bit like Jordan Peele but it's it's like a former comedian turning into director and and all that so it is pretty pretty good and um, can't wait to see what else is in store with these characters so I would recommend but nice. Uh, Probably wait till everything is done so you can just Bit go through all of it because yeah. they're, they're only like 24-minute episodes, so it's been good. Uh, so, something else that hasn't been – that wasn't 20-something minutes uh, I've, I've been watching, Ted Lasso. Mm. I didn't expect it to going to be an hour-long episode this week. It so, was huge, yeah. Yeah, uh, call it the Amsterdam episode. and. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that of where, where these characters were and and their sort of struggle really of of love loss and everything and yeah and more experimental with Ted Lasso like um, deciding to 
say, hey, I'm in Amsterdam. Take a dregs. <laughs> Which is good. Um, and and figuring out a rule in uh, soccer that's already been established. So <laughs> I, like that. I like that. That was part. funny. It's like, you thought it was new. Oh, well, it's already been done. But... <laughs> Yeah, so essentially that's what I've been watching as opposed to what we're going to be talking about. Uh, and yeah, I think that's it. Well, what about you, Kendall? Just to ride coattails of Ted Lasso. Yes, I will ride those coattails. Thank you very much for the segue. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ted Lasso, wow. Um, I, I, like, I keep thinking the show is just like, oh, this is the best it's going to be. And then it just keeps upping the ante. This mm. is pro- probably the best episode of this season so far. Yeah, uh, um, like like throughout the, uh, I had this sort of uh, it's, it's getting a bit weird and it doesn't really feel like the other episodes, but this one it definitely um, like says yes, we're establishing where we are now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I just I was kind of floored by it to be honest. Like I just. Like, this show just really seems to kind of take care with its characters, like few shows do. Like, just taking the time to kind of... Not even slow down, because the plot's still progressing, but it's like, just... But it sort of is, it's like a moment of like, okay, let's... We're in we're in a place, and we're just going to set the episode in this one location, really. Um, and all our characters are going to split off into their own little storylines within the episode. And, um, you know... Do, do do things for them you know it was just it was just wholesome and wonderful and uh, like a nice reminder of just how beautiful life can really be and how random it can be and just like you know it was just really really cool I I yeah I couldn't stop smiling like I mean at first I, I was like okay what's what's going on like where what are we doing um but then as it kept going kept going it just yeah it's just made me warm and fuzzy i really liked it i really liked Mm. it a lot it was just it was just great um so yeah so that was good and i think the the characters they all needed that that kind of those moments um because you know the the way the show is going they're all been in such a rut um so it was nice for them to just have this have something good happen you know Mm. uh for a few of them um so yeah it was beautiful i i loved it i loved it um uh what else can I talk about? Well, I've I'm up to date on Lego Masters, Fulia. I don't know. <laughs> no, still not. Oh. Have not gotten around to it at all, unfortunately. Okay, we'll, so we'll have a big I am, chat. I am very I'm I'm very uh you know, late on getting onto that bag wagon. So Okay. That's I'll all get right. there. You'll eventually. get there. You will. You will. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. Lego Masters is Lego Masters. It's great. It's wonderful. It's wholesome as well. It's it's yeah. It's been very very good. Um, yeah. There's been only been one elimination so far. Um, so one team's got one team's uh, gone okay. home. So I won't say yep. who. Um, yep. But when you watch it, you'll probably guess who's gonna go home first. <laughs> I'll just I'll just say that. Okay. Um, Let me guess. It was the duo. <laughs> Oh, yes. the duo. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Um, mm. <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, yeah, so that's been fun. And then I think the last thing I'll just mention, because uh, I haven't really watched much else this this week, because mm. uh, I've been busy. But Oh, actually, I will mention 
two things. I just remembered a thing. Um, anyway, I went to the movies, as I am want to do, and I finally watched the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Um, hey. Honor Among Thieves. Yes. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was a good fantasy movie. It was fun. Um, some good action. Um, you know, good characters. I like lots of genuine laughs. Um, you know, I had a good time with a, a, a few of the characters and certain bits of dialogue and and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. So, but it wasn't like it wasn't like amazing or like holy shit, I need more sort of thing. Um, but but it was but it was good. Like yeah, I didn't hate it. I didn't lose my shit over it. But I enjoyed it. I had a good time. So um, yeah. So if you if you like a good fantasy adventure movie, it's definitely worth mm. checking out. I think. Um, have you? Have either of you seen it yet, Mike? I think Michael, you, you've seen it. Yeah, yet. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was in that week where I, I watched like three movies. Um, yeah, um, I'm sort of in the same boat. It didn't. It didn't blow my socks off, but it was. It was. Yeah, it's hard to describe it. It's just adequate. It. It was yeah. a movie. It was and a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will be something that you just wait until it's on streaming, but it's def- mm. definitely enjoyable. Um, mm. Like I don't know much about D and D, but but I'm sure if someone who was in it's like ah, I I get that, and all oh, the the gelatinous cube, I get that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. And as I said, it was uh, adequate and fun, and and just funny in parts as well. It's like understandable and. Yeah, I just can't get uh, Christopher Pine's break, 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 break out of my head. <laughs> that was... <laughs> I actually really liked that part. That was very funny. <laughs> it was really weird and just kind of unsettling, but it was just like, holy fuck, this is... <laughs> 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 anyway, Fully has no idea what we're talking about. Um, nope, nope. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was fun. Uh, and then, yeah, lastly, I will just mention that I also went to Supernova, but I was there yesterday. Um, mm. and, and I wasn't there at all. Hey! Hey! Oh. Sad. <laughs> Sad. I was busy. You were busy, yes. Um, working. Working, yes. Getting that hard-earned cash. Um, yes, yeah, so I went to Supernova. Yes, it was fun. Uh, I didn't buy anything. I didn't have photos with anyone. In the end, I just... Oh, my, my gosh. Car. The prices of those photos for the guests. I like, didn't even know how much, how much were they. I didn't check. It was a hundred bucks for Stephen Amell. It was a hundred and ten bucks for Tamara Morrison. Wow! Like, come on, yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, that's intense. I'm glad I didn't do it then. Uh (laughs) I I didn't either. I spent most of my money in Artist Alley. (laughs) Yeah, I spent a good as I always do. (laughs) Locals, always good. Yeah, yeah. I spent a good. Oh, a good half an hour to an hour was walking around looking at all the stalls and I didn't nothing really grabbed my fancy actually uh this year. So I yeah, I didn't buy any merch or anything. Like I didn't even buy any pop vinyl. Like so Artist Alley going on with me. Is the biggest it's ever been at Supernova. I was gonna say and it's the biggest that I've ever seen at any convention. Yeah, it in was Australia. It was massive. Like it, I, I, it's in its own, it's in its own like section, like pavilion at yeah. the showgrounds. Yeah, it's huge. It's massive. Yeah, 
And there's really so cool. many artists in there. It took me like a good two, three hours just to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's fair. It, it was, was great. A lot. It was great. Um, yeah, yes, not to well, ch- change the subject, but I did go to an expo in Bendigo uh, because it's the holidays, and uh, me and the family went went to the 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 Lego brick convention in Bendigo. Ah, cool! Hey, so was it fun? That was a bit of fun, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So nice. all these uh, Legos. <laughs> Which was there a particular set that you liked, um, or the build that you liked? Hmm. That I really enjoy. Um, the trains. I like the trains. It, it's sort of like um, it just went around the enti- entire uh, section of um, uh, what do you call it? Tables. Uh, table sections. So, so the trains probably because it was moving and you can see you can see the terrain. And what was really great is there was one bit where they um, is like a moon base, but instead of it being flat, they actually made a, a terrain. Uh, just out of flat Lego bricks, so it all yeah. went all the way up. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And I thought oh, that's really cool. To, to, uh, yeah, I want to get into Lego again. <laughs> yeah. And my kids are getting big into Lego, so pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, is the the youngest. He can't have proper Lego yet. Otherwise, he'll eat it. Eat it. Yeah. <laughs> we so we can't no. have that. No. 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 <laughs> get your um, hand off. Daddy's Lego. It's my Echo One. Anyway. <laughs> it's yes, exactly. Um, yes, I just wanted to also mention that I I did go to two panels though. Um, I saw yeah. I saw Carl Urban. Um, Ooh, how was that one? The boy he himself. Was great. The boy, him, one of the titular boys. Um, yeah, he was great. He was really really great. Uh, yeah, for all the you know, different franchises he's been in. Most people were asking him about the boys, um, but I suppose mm. it's the most recent thing and because it's so popular. Um, yeah, that was that was really cool. He talked about the um, shooting the, the whale sequence on the boat <laughs> and how they actually let him drive the boat and it, <laughs> apparently he was going really fast and, like, Jack Quaid was losing his shit and go, going, Carl, Carl, stop <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. Also, he mentioned that Jack Quaid, he has an Australian nickname, um, or a down under nickname, I should say, because um, yeah. he's, he's Kiwi. But um, yeah, he calls he calls Jack Quaid Quaido. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> yeah. apparently, he really likes that, which I thought I thought was really funny. Um, yeah, and then he yeah the, he talked about um, Lord of the Rings, of course, um, as well, which made me very happy. And just what no Zena. How, oh no, Xena was mentioned. Yes, oh, there, no. we go, there, there, there was some Xena. There was some Xena talk. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah. He talked about how uh, like uh, like one of the biggest things he remembers and like has just that stayed with him for the last twenty five years is like how much of a leader Lucy Lawless was on set. Like she was just yeah. she knew her role. She was she's the star of the show and she's like you know leading by example. Like she just completely apparently like you know was the summation of what a lead star should be on a series and um mm. and 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 all of that and so he's kind of taken that on board as through his career and like now that he's on the boys and he's kind of the lead i suppose even though it's more of an ensemble but he's one of the main you know characters mm, so. yeah yeah so he just kind of t- takes that on board so i thought that was really cool as well but yeah he was awesome um and then the Sounds other panel like 
So it sounds like a bit of a subtle jab to Sorbo. <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, yeah, probably. That's fine. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, and then the other panel I went to, uh, I saw Mark Shepard. Um, hey. Yeah. He's uh, always fun. Oh, my New God. New phone, who this? Um, do you not know who Mark Shepard is, Mike? Off the, not off the top of my head. He's, he's, well, in, he's been in Doctor Who. Yeah, I was going to say, he's been in Doctor Who, so you would know him. He's in, oh, he's in Firefly, but you wouldn't know that. Um. <laughs> oh wait a minute! He, he doesn't he play like um. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. He's in the Matt Smith run. Um, yeah, he plays. He plays. Six. He plays an American. Yeah, and I, his dad plays the older himself, but older. Character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked about that. Um, yeah, memorable. Very memorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked. So he talked about Doctor Who a bit. Um, talked about Doom Patrol. Yeah. He sold. He sold. He sold the Doom Patrol to me. I really want to watch that now. It just sounds bonkers, um, and I forgot he was in it. And um, yeah, and then of course he talked about Supernatural and oh man, Fulia, seriously, one of the best panels, like probably top five panels I've ever been to. He was. He's a lot of fun. He was. Yeah. He was so good. Like when the panel started, like I'll give. I should give props to Carl Urban first because Carl Urban was great because he just. He walked out without an introduction. He just walked out with the microphone and just went, Melbourne, and just, like, started getting us all <laughs> excited. He was great. But then Mark Shepard, literally, we're just sitting there waiting for whatever to, to begin. Like, and five minutes before start time, he just starts yeah. talking. He just started mm. walking up through the aisle between the crowd. Didn't And, and, like, and then we were just like, oh, okay. Oh, hello. Yeah, oh, hello. yeah. He does yeah, that. Yeah, does that. no microphone or anything. And then, yeah, he had really good banter with the actual MC who then, like, walked on, like, two minutes later and you just see him going, like, well, I don't have to do anything, do I? <laughs> he was just very funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and there were some really great questions and someone actually had the guts to ask him, uh, like, fuck, marry, kill. <laughs> The Winchester, the, Win- the Winchesters, the Winchesters and Castiel, and and he's just like kill them all. <laughs> kill of course, all. he would say that. Oh, it was so funny. Like the yeah, I fucking loved it. So I'm I'm yeah, definitely a bigger fan of Mark Shepard now than I was this time yesterday. So it's that's great. Um, yeah. So Stephen, I'm glad you had fun. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, did you see Stephen Amell's panel or Tamira Morrison's panel? Because they were on today. I actually didn't get a chance to go to any panels today because I knew that I'd have to come back home so that I could podcast with you both. So I was like, oh, well, sorry. This is my- no, no, that's, <laughs> that's like, I'm okay with this. It's fine. Like I, I literally wanted to go in because I wanted to see my friend because she came down from Queensland and yeah. th- that was our first time actually meeting in person. So yeah. that was awesome. That's nice. Um, cause she, she was down as an exhibitor. So. Yeah. Um, she was helping out a friend of hers um, in, the, cool. in Artist Alley. Yeah. Um, so that was my main reason for going. It wasn't really to do anything else. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone in the first place. <laughs> um, so I didn't actually it. get any... So I didn't really get much of a chance to do much of anything except for shop. Ah, so. <laughs> that's okay. That's that's like half yeah. the reason you go. Like, mm. is to see, yeah, see all the cool, the cool artists and support them, you know? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Hmm. That and Jim Cummings, yeah. but... I was a. I already have a Jim Cummings autograph, so but I'm happy. With I that. don't. And <laughs> I was going. Mm, please, I want. I want him to sign something from from Darthwing Duck. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm, yeah. mm. Um, maybe next time. Next time, next he'll come back. Yeah. He'll yeah. he'll be back. All right, let's uh, carry on with the rest of the podcast, shall we? It's time Sh- for yeah. the nerdy mm. news. This is the news and nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom, the hostess with most s, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Right. Okay. It's nerdy news time. And to start off, we have to get a little sad for a second, um, unfortunately, because... um, Last night, we had the uh, passing of an Australian icon. Um, Legendary comedian Barry Humphreys passed away yesterday at the age of 89. Um, uh, Sadly, yeah, I had some health issues recently. Um, Complications from surgery, I heard, was the the, the cause surrounding this. Um, He passed away in a hospital in Sydney. Um, And, yeah, 89, though, is an amazing run. Um, like that's, you know, considering how many people in show business die so young, the fact that he got to be almost 90 was, was, was very, very wonderful and special. And, you know, to entertain us for, you know, seven decades, essentially, like he was, you know, on stage, uh, in the spotlight for that long and, you know, putting, putting Australia, uh, on the map and comedy circles and, um, you know, and Mooney Ponds especially. Mm. I knew about I knew about Mooney Ponds before I even lived in Melbourne because of Dame Edna. So um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's just very very sad that he's passed. Um, but you know, he leaves behind a, just an incredible legacy of you know that will definitely live on um, as you know he continues to inspire uh, comedian after comedian after comedian. The amount of comedy stars that I saw on, on social media paying tribute to him uh, over the last 24 hours has been really beautiful to see. Um, but yeah, out of, out of his main characters he played, I mean, you know, we had Sandy Stone, Celeste Patterson and Dame Edna Everidge, of course. I think Dame, Dame Edna was probably my favorite. So much so to the point when I was a kid, I didn't realize um, Dame Edna was, you know, was a man dressed as a woman like I had no idea I was clueless clueless I just yeah I I absolutely adored her um growing up so yeah so we're definitely going to miss the great Barry Humphreys that is for sure um Fulia do you have any any thoughts and or memories of 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 Barry that you want to share with us um look uh definitely um definitely a sad day for Australia um you know barry humphreys definitely one of the most iconic comedic entertainers um of our like of of the generation um and over multiple generations actually and yeah it's just really uh, just really heartbreaking to find out that he's passed away um i i mainly knew him as uh dame edna uh and of course um the i think Edna's husband as well. <laughs> Norm. Uh, Norm. Yeah, Norm. <laughs> which was uh, which was a lot of fun, and um, you know, just her, the iconic, the iconic purple, you know, purple hair and the and and the glasses. The glasses is what everybody will recognize Dame Edna for. Yeah. Um, and 
it's just you know and you know possum hello possum hello possums <laughs> yeah so we're definitely gonna definitely gonna be missing you know all the characters that he's portrayed in the past but especially dame edna so you know rest rest in peace barry well said well said michael your your thoughts on the late barry humphreys yeah it definitely is a kick in the guts um yeah gone too soon and not forgotten um yeah uh being a, an avid like comedic comedic person myself he definitely had the um uh had the range and everything from all the way back from the uh, back from the 50s and still doing and doing that day Edna well was Edna Everidge back then she wasn't a dame until the 80s who she uh, she was knighted by Goth Whitlam in in a in a movie so and therefore <laughs> be be dame Edna. yeah um yeah um I will. I have to mention that uh, in his later life, he he did did have some some uh, transphobic words, and yeah. some of the. Re- but it's old old person saying old person things. I mean, it's yeah. the same as same as um, John Cleese. Mm-hmm. So, having said that, it doesn't really damp. It it, it sort of doesn't really damper like the sort of um, like impact that he had for Australian culture, like. Uh, like throughout the seventies and eighties, one of the most recognisable Australian women was a man, and how funny is that? And mm. <laughs> and um, yeah, he definitely made a splash over in the UK. It's sort of where he mm. um, uh, grind his teeth on that, uh, being on stage and that. And then he just took uh, came came back over to Australia and just made a killing over in the UK. Uh, and America and and in Australia, he's got the trifecta. Uh, having said that, in in two thousand, Dave Mender was actually a, a regular on Ali McBeal. That was really, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that at all. That's insane. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It <laughs> play, uh, Dave Mender was on Ali McBeal. <laughs> um, yeah. So and always had like a special every now now and again over in the UK or or in America and and yeah and being on stage as well. Um, I have to say, pro- probably in my later life, uh, one of my fa- favorite is probably Les Patterson because he was so gross and horrible, but um, but endearing at the same time. So it's it's a weird tri- it's a weird character that. Who is sort of uh, pretty much all of them is ta- uh, taking the piss of authority, and and Sir Les was was that thing of uh, the Australian diplomat uh, over in over in different countries and just getting blotto drunk and just saying the most outrageous things, and essentially uh, that was well, <laughs> and funny enough in Australian Parliament. They were umming and ahhing if they would allow Barry to actually do Les Patterson overseas, because because it didn't really um, uh, show a picturesque picturesque um, rendition of what an Australian is. So, so he he definitely ruffled some feathers, and uh, and him and uh, Peter Cook uh, started the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, mm. and. 
and with and with that, uh, the Barry Award used to call used to call the Barry Award before you know he he said his things um, was like the award for an up and comer. They actually would give uh, money to them to, so they can go over to perform in the Edinburgh uh, mm. Festival as well. So and mm-hmm. there was definitely a lot of um, uh, Australian comedians who who won that and actually went off to do great things, like Tim Minchin for for an example. Uh, and and his career was pretty much that. And yeah, and big shame, uh, big big shame for like Australian. Uh, they're pretty much uh, uh, Melbourne, me- uh, definitely a Melbourneite. And yeah, not really going too flash hot because I will mention uh, Father Bob Maguire we've lost as well, who was. It wasn't really big in pop culture, but he definitely had his own um, uh, impact on in Melbourne as well. So, yeah, so it's two state funerals, I reckon. Mm. So it's definitely going to have a state funeral for both of them. Yeah. Not on the same day. Mm. But it'll be cheaper. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, Vale, Barry Humphreys. Yes, yes, 100%. Um, mm. I want to just, before we move on, I just wanted to quickly mention that I found, I discovered this while researching for the show, um, I or I'd just completely forgotten it from my brain. I don't know which one it is, but um, he was the voice of Bruce the Shark in Finding yes. Nemo. <laughs> he was. Yes. Bruce and the Shark. Bruce, yes. Fish are friends, not, not food. food. Yes, not food. So and I also, just to bring that up. And also, he was in The Hobbit as well. Yes, yes, he was. He was the Goblin King. As the Goblin King. Yes. And, and also, a bit bit of a tidbit. Do you know the movie... Ah, oh, no. Sorry, I just blanked for a second. That's okay. No, he did, um, he did the narration for... Um, uh, not Harvey Crumpet, but the other one. Um, ah, um the guy who did Harvey Crumpet did Mac. Oh, I I know the. Excuse me, I know the movie you're talking about. Yeah. Um, at the same time when he was doing Pixar's um. Uh. uh Pixar's uh finding. Finding, not finding Dory. Finding Nemo. Uh, it was in the same same day. He, was, he did the narration for for that film, uh, and yeah. Um, I'm just googling. Mary and Max. Mary and Max. I was going to say Max and it. Mary. But... Yeah, close. Mary and Max. Yeah, I could see the the cover of the DVD in my head, but I couldn't remember the name. Yeah, Mary and Max. Yeah, and it had yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman before he died. Um, yes. Do Max. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, he did a lot yes. of voiceover work as well. Yeah, very, very talented uh, in all spheres. Um, okay, let's move on uh, to the rest of the news. Um, some interesting things to talk about, starting with you know uh, the coincidence of all coincidences for some reason. Last week we're talking about Harry Potter being rebooted, readapted into a series. And now Twilight's coming back, guys. Twilight's coming back. 
Uh, <laughs> 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 Michael's losing his mind. Oh my god, what a twihard. <laughs> the only Twilight that I like is Twilight Sparkle. Princess Twilight Sparkle. Nice. Mm. Nice. And the, and the Twilight Zone. Yes, even better. All forms. All forms. Um, yes, yeah, so Twilight is getting uh, a re-adaptation as a series. Um, it's uh, in development uh, by Lionsgate, who own the rights um, to it. It's, uh, you know, being produced in visual media. Um, there's no, no word on what streaming service or TV station or whomever's going to actually be playing this. Um, so that... It remains to be seen, but I'm sure um, there'll be a bidding war for it, considering how many millions upon millions of millions of dollars it made, those five movies. So, um, yes, so that's happening. Um, who, let me see, I had, had it written who's rewriting it. Uh, Sinead Daly is the, is the writer, uh, head writer on it. Um, they've worked on... Uh, the Walking Dead, World Beyond, Raised by Wolves, which is the Ridley Scott HBO show, uh, and Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, which I've heard is quite good. Um, yes, I've watched it. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, no no word is exactly either if it's going to be like a they're doing the Harry Potter approach of one book per season sort of thing, um, or if it's going to be a different sort of a adaptation um and no casting so this is just literally it's fresh fresh off the press that this is happening but i'm i'm really excited to see who they cast in these roles and how just sort of the aesthetical approach they're going to take with it um yeah i i'm i'm very curious i think i'm probably more okay to watch this than i am the harry potter I think I think rebooting Twilight is probably a better decision than rebooting Harry Potter, but I don't. We don't need either of them really, but um, we'll we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting to say the least. Um, Fulia, what do you think uh, about this? Are you a Twilight fan back in the day? I am. Hey. <laughs> nice. I never read the books though. Okay. Uh, but I did watch the movies. I did enjoy them mm-hmm. for what they were. Yes. Um, and Michael, you shut your mouth. I didn't and say anything. <laughs> I can, I can see that smile. What? I'm not allowed to smile. Your, 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 your mind is judging. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, like this, this news. Uh, I mean, look, it's been a while since we've last seen anything from that franchise, so. Uh, you know, a, a fresh start in in Twilight could be um, could be interesting. Um, like you said, though, Kendall, probably not really necessary. Um, I mean, the movies, you know, were were good as they were, and um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't wa- I wouldn't mind watching it to be honest. If if they do end up doing a um, like a, a full on series for it, but uh, you know. Like they need to, they need to change it up a little bit though, if they're going to, um, if they're going to be doing it so that it's not technically the same as it was in the film. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if they can maybe sort of change certain aspects of the film or, um, you know, tell the story in a different way then yeah, I don't, I don't see why not, but, uh, yeah, not really necessary. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Michael. 
What what are you thinking and feeling about this? Why do you think it's going to be bad? Um, <laughs> uh, I have watched, I assume, all of them because my wife was fan, maybe, or just watched them in general. It's like, yeah, something that she wanted to watch uh, because, you know, it came back when we were still dating and, and you know, I didn't really have much say in the matter. It's like, watch it or, you know. we break up i don't know um, <laughs> but but yeah i don't remember any of it i just remember bella and edward cullen at school and then mm-hmm. they get married have baby and then a fight that wasn't a fight and that's it <laughs> i don't remember yeah. any of it those are some of the key takeaways, yes. <laughs> it all yeah. combines into one. And then, for some reason, uh, sparkles. They all sparkle. Twilight sparkle. Twilight there sparkle. There, there you go. Uh, and, yeah, it's not it, It's not the lore of, of, of vampires. And I don't really like the lore of vampires, but even I was annoyed that you're not doing the vampire thing. Oh, it's so, something different. Yeah, they're Mormons. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it with the Mormon propaganda. We don't want it. <laughs> anyway. An Aryan race. Blech. Anyway. Um, well, it's, it's, it's weird. Uh, and also also the sort of take for um, a white woman writing about Native Americans and they're all wolves is sort of... Uh, okay, fine. Um... I don't know. I don't want this. I didn't really want to watch it. And hmm. I do have a, a young girl daughter. <clears throat> Maybe she's too young for it. Good. And <laughs> anyway. I'm not I'm not against it, but I'm not for it. And if they okay find a different take for it then all good uh, we'll see what happens yeah maybe we yeah. should review review all the movies and see what they can do <laughs> you know all the tryhards here <laughs> I would love to do like a if we could do like a Fred watch like a craptacular on the twilight movies <laughs> oh. No, it's oh, they're not. No, I mean they're not. Okay, I only say craptacular just because it's the they're widely considered to be, you know, not great movies. But I appreciate them. I'm. I read the books. I I was obsessed. I wanted to get a Twilight tattoo on me at one point. My <laughs> my walls were covered in Edward Cullen. Like I was obsessed. Dodge that was, bullet. I yeah, <laughs> I did. Um, but okay. then again, I, I was I was thinking of getting a dark mark on me, and then I sort of learnt it's like, well, if you're getting a tattoo of essentially Nazi memorabilia on your body, it's, wouldn't go down well. And lucky I didn't because it Harry Potter, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, let's move on to our next item in the news. Um, this one has me a bit more excited, um, but it's got a high bar that it needs to hit for me because 
basically, Paramount Plus is finally moving forward with uh, a Galaxy Quest TV series. Um, mm. Something that I've wanted since I first saw the movie when I was a teenager. Um, however, it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be difficult to really capture how, like, the energy, how good the original film is. Like, it's such, it's just, for me, it's one of those lightning in a bottle movies. Like, it's just, I've seen it so many times, I can just watch it over and over again and, and never, never tire of it. It's just so much fun, um, you know. It, <laughs> it's just such a good sci-fi satire um, that actually has some really good heart to it at the same time. Um, and of course, you know, we, you know, the, the late great Alan Rickman is no longer with us. Um, so it would be, uh, if they do, if they were to decide to actually, um, bring back some of the original cast, obviously it's going to be a bit sad because he's not going to be able to be there. Um, yeah. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm all for this, you know, it's, it's definitely a, uh, you know, they could definitely do a series. Um, they could take it in two directions. They could literally just do a straight-up Galaxy Quest series, like what the show is in the movie. They could just do that. <laughs> or or they'll just continue the... Or, re, or reboot or remake sort of the movie as, like, you know, the actors get thrown into, a, you know, an alien yeah. battle sort of thing. Um, I have another so thought, too. Yeah, they could do okay. They could do either, or either or. Uh, and I would like to see the return of some of the cast, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? We don't know what form it's going to take. Yet they haven't said. All they've said is that it's literally just been given the go ahead. Um, so it's probably going to be at least another year or two before we see anything um, to do with it. But it's happening. So um, yeah, I just hope it's good because, as I said, it's got a really high bar that it needs to hit if it's gonna gonna work for me. Um, so I don't know if that's my own fault for having high expectations of things, but, but we'll move on. Um, <laughs> Michael, Jeez. um, you're a fan of the Galaxy Quest film, aren't you? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I'm not a trackie myself, but I do, no, I do like, I do like a piss take every, every now and again. Um, yeah, it seems interesting enough. I mean, a lot of people thought, well, maybe Orville the Orville series is sort of what, yeah, uh, a, a successor for Galaxy Quest. But having said that, um, it would be very interesting if, um, within the universe, the TV show is like an old show, and this, and if they're going to do more of the satire of what uh, Star Trek is doing, and it's done by Paramount, so it's kind of weird that they're going to do this, but. It could be if they play their cards right, they they can probably do like a piss take of um, rebooting like Galaxy Quest in the universe and having their own sort of like having Star Trek Enterprise, uh, well Discovery and and that and maybe one season they can do like a a, a take on Picard maybe and they got Tim Allen to do sort of like what Picard's doing. Uh, yeah. But having said having said that, then that would be on Earth. But in the background, there's all there's also um, space stuff as well. So it would be like in the same vein as the movie, where they're they're doing this um, t- 
TV show, but they're getting interrupted by like real space shit <laughs> coming down and like, like, <laughs> taking on. Like I would, I wouldn't mind seeing that. And yeah. yeah, it is a shame that we, we we can't get Alan Rickman to reprise his role. And having said that, then the uh, in like <clears throat> re- um, reboots of Star Trek, they they do sprinkle a couple of cameos of like the original series wi- within uh, their TV shows as well. So um, you can probably get Tim Allen and Sigourney Reaver and and yeah. uh, and and all the rest, Gilligan's Island. And <laughs> yeah, that that would be that would be cool. I mean, mm. having said that, do one se- series and see how it goes. Yeah. Probably one se- series and if it's good or not. But I would probably do do something like that, like uh, a reboot of a TV show from from bygone era and then it, it's getting interrupted by by space aliens trying to invade um planet earth or something i don't know yeah i think that's a really good idea i like hmm. that I like maybe that i should be part of the uh, writing team you should Paramount. 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 Um, um, give me give me job <laughs> <laughs> give me job i, I don't like job. star trek but i know enough to take the piss of it to, yeah, <laughs> you know the tropes. Yeah, you've seen them before. <laughs> yes, excellent. All right, our last item in the news. I'm so excited to talk about this. It's very funny. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this week, um, yes, Lord of the Rings was in the news. Uh, more specifically, um, the Rings of Power, just because um, there is an author out there and and let me find his name because his name is hysterical um that's and that's the first funny part of this oh my god why is my browser not working Fucking, i went i went to scroll up and it scrolled across okay the guy's name this guy's name this author demetrius polychron i'm guessing it's a pseudonym but Basically, in 2017, he uh, filed for a copyright on a a book that he wrote called The Fellowship of the King. Um, He, uh, at that time, uh, tried to reach out to the Tolkien estate to be like, I've written this thing. It is literally fan fiction. It is a continuation of the Lord of the Rings story. Um, and he's, he, he got copyright. Like it's, he actually did it. Like he's plagiarized Tolkien, but he somehow was able to publish this book. So basically this book came out, uh, he was able, not, not able to, um, get in touch with Simon Tolkien, who's the head of the estate, that's, um, J.R. Tolkien's, uh, grandson, um, couldn't get a hold of him, nothing to do with him, whatever. Uh, Amazon, of course, went ahead, made the Rings of Power. Um, and the, the book came out at the same, the same month, September last year, Fellowship of the King and Rings of Power both came out at the same time and Polychron's watching it and going, you're plagiarizing me. You've taken ideas from me. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sue Tolkien, the Tolkien estate and Amazon for $250 million because you plagiarized my Lord of the Rings fan fiction novel, uh, which ironically was available for sale 
on Amazon. Um, but it's no longer there. And I clicked links this morning and I fucking cacked myself. It's so funny. So basically this guy is suing because he wrote fan fiction that got published and he thinks he's being plagiarized. Um, this is the, the blurb on the back of his book. Um, he calls his series the war, uh, the war of the rings, um, <laughs> as well. Um, and the main blurb, it, it said, like, it just says, one king will gather them all. One king will unite them. One king will lead them against the evil that will smite them. <laughs> I can't. I can't handle how funny this is. This is just... I'm sorry, what? Yes, yes, this is legit. This is legit. Um, wow. But yeah, it's, it's basically... The book, this book is a continuation of the story. Um, and it's a, basically about the, the rings of power re-emerging um, in Middle-earth. And the main character uh, is... Sam's daughter, Eleanor, which is canon in Lord of the Rings. Um, and that is one of the main things that this guy is suing because in Rings of Power, one of the Harfoots, uh, which is the predecessor to the Hobbits, um, one of the races that predecessors the Hobbits, um, her name is Eleanor. So he's like, you're copying my shit. There's even like, he's, there's like citations for things that are different like i could go i could just read all the shit for every single episode he's got like time stamps for things that are like this you've done this you stole it from me it's just like like for example the first thing dragon destroys a great eagle in flames and then across the other side it says the exact image of the cover of my book um (laughs) like it's just it's Thank you for entertaining us this week. Anyway, so <laughs> I I just I'm at a loss for words, and you know, as someone who writes fan fiction, well, I I could I could I could take some money from someone for this. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I should just publish my fan fiction and see if I make money off of it. Oh boy. Anyway, Fulia, do you have any thoughts on this? <laughs> what do you What do you think about <laughs> how how fucking crazy uh... this is? This is like, I don't know what to think. This is like the silliest thing I have heard. Like it is, it is probably just the just just he's that the, the author's probably just out there just trying to get attention and and it's it's working. It's working. It's clearly yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the whole world's dunking on him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Oh my goodness. Um, this is the first I'm hearing about it, by the way. And I'm just like, as you've sort of read out all that, I'm just sitting there thinking, what an idiot. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, look, I don't really have much to say about it, but yeah, he's not getting anything. <laughs> oh no. It's going to no, be no, yeah, like it's just if it goes just, that far. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's it's beyond beyond ridiculous to me. Like you're you're literally you've literally used characters from someone else's work to write your own story that's based like sort of as a sequel of their work, and now you're like, oh, they stole my what? 
<laughs> make any sense. Anyway, Michael, what do you, what do you think about this as a fellow Tolkien fan? Um, how yeah? How, do you do you find this as amusing as I do? <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah. Nah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, it definitely reminds me of a story that uh, a while back some guy tried to sue uh, Pixar and Disney because uh, they claimed to have the same. Uh, they had the idea for Finding Nemo. If, Oh. There's the connection of Finding Nemo because uh, he wrote a book about uh, roughly the same thing, but the, it it was very similar because uh, um, he wrote a book about about essentially what the story of Finding Nemo was, and when Finding Nemo came out, he decided, "Oh, I'm going to sue because it's the same story." And it's like, well, they they worked out that uh, with like productions and how uh, Finding Nemo was, you know, uh, be, being made. They they usually have like little um, uh, things about the movie, like that uh, uh, about coming out, like when like when Disney do do their sort of um, um, phone call to investors and that it's like, oh, we got this idea about blah 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 blah, and essentially. This guy got the same, got got hold of that information, made a book about it, so right. he could actually uh, say, "Hey, you got the same story as me, so I'm, so I can sue." And it and it turns out it's not the first time he's actually done that. Right. So, he's so a known, yeah, right. <laughs> sort of known future plagiarist. So, Jesus Christ! It's because so you know it's Disney; they got so much money. They they give me money so I can go away. Yeah, <laughs> but they called him out, and it's like, yeah, well, no, screw you. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so this is this is different because the concepts for like Tolkien have sort of in the public eye. Anyway, I mean, that's what D and D basically is. It was like, uh, how can we? Because we really like this sort of universe. What can we do to, you know, for people to play it on de- um, literal desktop game? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they got the same concepts like trolls and wizards and 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 orcs and all, all that, um, half giants and all, all that. Uh, one thing that they couldn't do was hobbits because essentially that was Tolkien's own thing. So that's mm-hmm. why they na- named it um, like halfling and. And, and all that but essentially that's what they are they're hobbits but with without the hairy feet mm. and and yeah so if if <laughs> if D&D did some, something like that and they close to almost doing that uh, of third party like like it's like we own this it's like not really you you, you sort of took Tolkien anyway so and and that's why, like, uh, um, when, the, yeah, what was I talking about? Yeah, the essentially nothing is original. And if you try and, like, skive this, then, yeah, the internet's going to laugh at you, including the judge. Including the judge, yes. Yeah, so unfortunately we can't get the book, so we can't compare. So maybe he had a point. I don't know. Stupid name, uh, anyway. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's not really uh. fan fiction. It's more parody than anything. 
Because it's the same thing, just with different words. Well, it's stupid. It's it's literally like it's literally a continuation though, because like it said, like it's. It says here, like on the like the blurb on the back is like long before Sauron, the original rings of power were long, were forged by the Elven Lord Celebrimbor and the Dwarven Smith Navi in Eregion by the Misty Mountains. That is Tolkien canon. Yeah. These first these first magic rings were far more powerful than those that came after. Were corrupted by the Necromancer Sauron, uh, and fought for in the War of the Ring. That's Lord of the Rings. Eleanor, the daughter of Samwise, is nervous the night before her debutante party in the Shire. In the 22nd year of the reign of the High King Elisar, Aragorn, the Blue Wizards return from out of the east, bearing perilous news. The rest of the Rings of Power have been found and they are in deadly danger. Also, deadly danger. What a phrase. Um, thus begins the war to end all wars of the Rings. So, it's literally, it's a continuation of the story. Yeah, I yeah. like deadly danger. I probably might steal it for, for, um, for Radio Dada. Sounds you like should. a line from me. <laughs> yeah, deadly. An danger. accident is is about to accidentally occur. <laughs> yes, accidentally. Yes, accidentally. Um, an accident is about to accidentally occur. Accidentally. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, yeah, all my right. English teacher would have me shot. <laughs> so good. But it's funny. But it's funny. It's comedy. Yeah. All right. That's <laughs> funny, the nerdy ha-ha. news. Funny jokes. Funny jokes, haha. That's the nerdy news for this week. And now we must roll on up to the trailer park. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Hee Yes, trailer park time. Um, first trailer is for an upcoming series um, adaptation on Netflix uh, of a book called All the Light We Cannot See. Um, I haven't heard of this book, but um, it's a Pulitzer Prize winning novel, as the trailer states, so um, it must be worth its salt. Um, and it's, you know, it seems to be a, a beautiful and heartbreaking and tragic and powerful story about, you know, people during World War Two, which we have seen many times, of course. But this one is a bit different because uh, as the trailer doesn't really tell us the story, you kind of get the idea, but... Basically, the I had to. I just wanted to read the description of the, what what it is. Um, it's the um the story of Marie Lore, a blind French teenager, and Werner, a German soldier whose paths collide in occupied France as they both try to survive the devastation of World War Two. Um. So yeah. Okay. So it sounds sounds really cool. This trailer was really good. I like this trailer a lot. Um. No dialogue whatsoever. Um, I thought mm. that was a really interesting and powerful choice, and you don't see that often made, especially with film trailers. Uh, and then just the way that Debussy's Claire de Lune was used, the beautiful piano, like it's so lovely um, and very affecting. So that was that was just a nice choice. And it looks really well made as well. Um, good visual effects on it. And um, yeah, just... Good, all around good, and we've got you know Mark Mark Ruffalo and Hugh Laurie in it, so you can't go wrong with them. Um, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I I think I I think I will probably check this out when it comes out. Interesting point too, though. Oh, excuse me, I have to say, you know, we're always talking about how Netflix they drop trailers like just before things uh, come out, like within a month generally. This isn't coming out until the end of the year, and we've got a trailer. Mm. I find that really interesting, like 
they must be really like on board with how good this is. Like it must be good if they're really like, let's start the hype now. Like this is not coming out for another seven months and they're already like, yep, here's a trailer. And it's not even a short trailer. It's a long trailer. So yeah, I find that really interesting. So yeah, Fulia, uh, what did you think about this? Well, given the um, the look of the trailer and the way that they cut it together, which, by the way, is gorgeous. Mm. I actually really enjoyed watching it. Um, I have a feeling they're, they're probably trying to hype it up um, as much as possible. Mm. Um, potentially even for, like, award season, maybe. Um, so um, I like the look of this, uh, this show. It looks interesting, um, and it's a bit of history as well, which is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, it just it looks very intense as well. There's like a, it's gonna be a lot of drama in this, and I can I can already tell there's also gonna be a lot of heartbreak as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's just. Um, yeah, just a a, an, a a period film that looks amazing. Um, that trailer, my gosh, the 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 way they cut it together with no dialogue just made it even more intense. Um, because now you want to know more about the story and where it's all gonna go and stuff. So, and the cinematography looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I really do, um, I really do like the look of it. So yeah, um, I, don't, I I might actually watch this. Yeah, great, yeah. awesome. Yeah, awesome. Michael, what did you think? Yeah, it's definitely a, a sort of a different departure of what Netflix is doing, and it's also directed by Sean Levy as well. So mm. that's that's interesting because last thing that we saw uh, of him on Netflix was. Uh, the Ryan Reynolds Adam project. Yeah, the Adam project, yeah. Yeah, very different. Mm. So different genres as well. So, And uh, he also dire- directs uh, Stranger Things as well and mm-hmm. so, some of the most heartbreaking stuff in that as well. So, and yeah, just dropping a trailer like a couple of months, uh, a few months before release is de- definitely different for for Netflix as well. So they're probably, yeah, as you said, they probably are banking that this is going to be uh, huge. And, and yeah, and stuff like this is, it, I, I don't like the phrase, but it, like Oscar bait sort of thing. It's like, uh, it's what, what, you, what you think, uh, occupy, occupied Europe. And it, it involves... Uh, family and love loss and just heartbreak and yeah, yeah. it's it's you definitely see the sort of uh, themes uh, from this trailer as well that had no dialogue and so all to do with um, feel as well and yeah uh, but yeah will I see it maybe Maybe. Maybe. If the mood is right and the and the and and the lighting's great. <laughs> uh, I'll definitely probably be watching this as well. 
So when is this coming out? Yes. Well, uh, as I alluded to earlier, we have to wait a little bit, uh, a little bit of a while to watch this. But uh, all the light we cannot see will begin streaming on Netflix on uh, the second of November. Remember that. Hmm. Indeed. Um, all right. Our second trailer uh, is for another series, and uh, this is also adapted from a book. Uh, American-born Chinese. Um, basically the, uh, for, based on the cast, the unofficial sequel to everything everywhere all at once, um, because you have Michelle Yeoh, you have Stephanie Hsu, Ki Hoi Kwan and James Hong are all in this. Um, Ronnie Cheng is also in this apparently, which is cool. <laughs> um, but it's yeah. a sequel to his char- character in Crazy Rich Asians or in Shang-Chi. Yes. Don't or know in- yet. Don't know yet. Well, it's, it's good that you say Shang-Chi because it, this is directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who uh, directed Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and, and who is going to direct Avengers Kang Dynasty in a couple of years from now. Um, mm. Yeah, so this looks this looks really, really cool. I might actually watch this. Um, uh, yeah, like a kind of a very, very, you know, obviously Chinese mythological focus, uh, some fantasy sort of elements in here um adventure um yeah i just kind of like the idea of like the new kid at school is actually you know a being from another dimension or another world or whatever and like the the main (laughs) character the main character is just a guy and has to you know help him uh navigate whatever he needs navigating with and you know best friends and alien yeah like it's it's just a really (laughs) it's just a really cool trope and a really cool concept a guide. He's a guide. He's a guide, even though he doesn't Consul- like that word. Not not a not, not a not a not a servant. Not a servant. A He's a guide. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah. So no, this looks it looks really really cool, like stylistically. Um, and yeah, and just for the cast, I I might check it out. Um, just on that alone, really. So I hope it's good. I hope it's good. It looks fun. Um, what did you think, Fulia? I really like this trailer. Some. Um sort of gave me a bit of Shang-Chi vibes. Mm. Um, bit of a sort of a superhero-ish, but not really. Um, uh, the cast looks great. I love the look of the cast. Majority uh, Asian cast, mm. um, which is really cool. Um, yeah, it's, it, it looks really interesting. The story is interesting, and I kind of like the idea of where, where it's going. Uh, it looks like it's going to be some fun as well, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna learn something about Chinese mythology and history. So, mm-hmm. and that's I am up for that. Mm. I just I love learning about all these different like myths um, and legends and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm all for this, and I'm I'm ready for it. Let's go. <laughs> nice, nice, Michael. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, uh... I don't really get into much like um, uh, martial art films, and and having this with the backdrop of like coming of age, and and with the <laughs> added bonus of, of my fa- my best friends and aliens, or sort of the new kid ca- comes in, and it turns out it's a, a mythical uh, uh, under under the surface like myth- mythical like universe ca- coming in into real world, so. Yeah, uh, 
I really enjoyed this this one as well. It's definitely going to be on my to watch list, and and yeah, just another adaptation from a graphic novel, which is always good. So maybe mm. I should write a graphic novel about stuff so I can get adapted. Maybe <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> about my about my journey in life. Mm. So yeah, this looks really great, and all the cast is phenomenal in it, and. Yeah, love it. When is it coming out? Yes, well, all episodes of American Born Chinese will be streaming on Disney Plus very soon on the 24th of May. All, you say? All of them, yes. All, they're dropping the whole thing Ooh. at once. Not interesting. Bi-weekly. Very, mm. Mm, very interesting. Anyway, we have one more trailer to talk about. Um, and that is for uh, an upcoming, I suppose we would say, documentary, um, although it doesn't seem to be a traditional one, um, which excites me quite a bit. This is the trailer for Still, a Michael J. Fox movie. Um, I can't wait to watch this. Um, <laughs> this this looks great. Like it, it looks like a, you know, just a phenomenal sort of account of of his life uh and his career and you know and then just how things changed when he was diagnosed with parkinson's in the early 90s um so yeah i uh and it just looks like the fact that he's there and he's he's telling his story and um and they're kind of doing it in sort of a stylistic sort of narrative driven way maybe um was kind of cool to see um and just all the different cuts of footage from him and not, not just Back to the Future and Family Ties, but, you know, Teen Wolf and Secret of My Success and all these other movies and, and, and things he's done. And um, it's just like, oh, my God, yeah, Michael J. Fox was huge in the 80s and the 90s. Like, he was massive. Um, and, yeah, I just you kind of forget that because it's been so long and obviously he can't work the way he used to. But he's always been there in the background, you know, just being being wonderful. Um, and not letting anything stop him. So, um, yeah, I've been a fan of his since I was a kid and I can't wait to see this um, and just celebrate his incredible career um, and him because he just seems just like one of the best people that's ever lived, in my opinion. So, yeah, this looks this looks awesome. I can't wait. Um, what do you think, Fulia? I, I am definitely looking forward to watching this. I mean, it's, it's the, you know... The life of Michael J. Fox, and he was such—he's such an amazing person and an actor. Uh, like he's—he's he's so funny, uh, you know. Just just from watching all the stuff that he's been in, mm. and the fact that he is still like he still ended up working with Parkinson's, and you—you you wouldn't have been able to really tell too much, honestly. One of the things that he mentions and ironically the title of the of the actual documentary um he couldn't he couldn't be still he wasn't able to be still he was always constantly moving in some form but but it was very involuntary for him and i'm i'm surprised that we could couldn't really pick up on it because a lot of the things that i i've seen him in he seems so hyperactive you know like he's always up here with his energy. Yeah. Like the energy's always up. 
in anything that he's performed in. And it's amazing that he's able to, that he was able to pull it all off and not, and then we not be the wiser about his illness. Mm. Um, and it, it was just like, he's done such a great job. He's had a, at a phenomenal career and, uh, now I, yeah, I just want to learn how he was able to deal with all that. Um, when, you know, when he was diagnosed. So yeah, I'm definitely all for this. I'm ready to see it. Nice, nice, Michael. Uh, what about you? You're you're watching this, aren't you? I'm definitely watching this. Um, <laughs> uh, I I saw this trailer like come out not too long ago, and I thought, oh, cool, uh, um, a documentary. Uh, I think it was doing like all the festivals, and I didn't know if it was going to be picked up, but it looks like it's been picked up by uh, Apple Plus, which is good. Uh, but I don't have Apple Plus, so <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get it. So, um, watch yeah. party. <laughs> Me. Oh well. Um, yeah, it looks really cool. It's doing that sort of mesh between between live action and also um, archi- archive footage about his life, and I'm I'm interested in that. Um, uh, who knows, mate? Um, I was ha- trying to have a look at who who's going to be in it, and it lo- looks like they're going to hold that to the chest. So, mate, I'm assuming there's going to, going to be like interviews by by people who re- who he's worked with, including Christopher Lloyd and all, and all that, because those two are pretty much inseparable, I reckon. Uh, if if you're in like a phenomenal like franchise like that, no. Um, of course you're going to be friends uh, like forever really so I'm definitely going to be watching this one and I have joked before that uh, there's a high possibility that I'm named after Michael J. Fox but I don't know <laughs> I could be named after Michael Crawford as well because mum was a big fan of uh, uh, Phantom of the Opera but hmm me much prefer Michael J. Fox. <laughs> yes, yes, keep that story. Yeah, yeah. When is this coming out? <laughs> uh, so, still a Michael J. Fox movie uh, will be dropping on Apple TV Plus on the 15th. 15th? I read that wrong. 12th of May 12th. May 12th. Yes. If you're on the 15th, you're too late. It's gone. You're too- <laughs> no chance it's, it's 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 one day only it's a one day only event one day one day one day one day yes fulia you have a question i don't have a question i uh <laughs> i i know that we've already talked about our watchings but my brain forgot to write this one down and now i've just remembered okay um, yeah go for over it. the week over the weekend over the weekend uh I watched Whiplash. Ah. Oh, the drumming. Yeah. Yeah. It's intense. <laughs> That's what I've heard too. Yeah. It's so it intense. It's very intense. J.K. Simmons, man. Holy crap. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. and, it, and it dabbles in a lot of mental health aspects. Yeah. As well. Sure. It's nuts. It's, it's yeah. Um, it's great. 
but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's like the it's cinematography nuts. of this of this of that movie mm-hmm. is really really good, and the way they tell the story is really awesome. Yeah, I it just really strikes a chord with you. It does. Like it's so it's so dramatic, and it like it really hits you, and yeah. Just wanted to mention. No, that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal movie. Um, I've not been able to look at J.K. Simmons the same way since watching it because he is such an evil bastard in that movie. Like, just, oh my god, Michael, you haven't seen it, have you? No. Okay, I won't spoil so, it, but there's a really good. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Headphones are off. Michael can't hear anything we're yeah. saying. All right. Spoil I can. But, you know, oh, you can? Oh, I don't, want to spo- I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. I'm not spoiling the movie. But there's a really good twist to- towards the end that I really I really liked. But it- it's very intense. Yes, you're correct. Intense. It's, oh, my. Yes. Just, I, could barely, I could barely breathe watching that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Not not my tempo, Fulia. Not my tempo. No, no, not my tempo. <laughs> it's all right. I'll, uh, I'll watch it tonight and then I'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, next week. Next week. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's an yeah. amazing film. But yeah. I have yeah. watched the um, cut of it where they put the audio of that on uh, Cora, The Last Airbender. Hang on. Which, which show? You just said what? you combined the two of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cor- Legend of Korra. Legend of Korra, because I couldn't say <laughs> Last Airbender because you know the the stupid Avatar movie was coming out. James Cameron, so so they couldn't use Avatar or Korra, the Avatar Last Airbender. But yeah, so they put the audio audio from Whiplash, uh, J.K. Simmons's character, wi- um, mashed it within his his a uh, his character in in Korra, and yeah. It's Okay, that's I need to see that. That sounds funny. I think I showed it, and it was while you were watching um, uh, Cora for the first time. Oh, maybe I've it's, forgotten then. Sorry. That's all right. It's probably it's probably uh, probably a good uh, rewatch. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll rewatch it then. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Well, speaking of watching things, um, thank you, Seth. We are we are reading you. <laughs> Hi, Seth. He's a uh, he's a podcaster as well on yeah. the All In All In podcast, and uh, and the the Nintendo drive over at Couple Gaming. So hello, oh hello, hello. hi, <laughs> right, thanks for joining us. Because yeah. yeah, we're, we're talking about stuff. What are we talking about, Kendall? Now it's time for the moment, <laughs> the segment, the section, the part, the place, the spot in the show we like to call. Popcorn culture. Yeah. Woo. It's popcorn <laughs> culture time, which means yeah. we are here to discuss our thoughts on the finale of season three of The Mandalorian. Uh, ep- and may I say that I did buy something Mandalorian related from Supernova. Oh. And, it's, and it smells very nice. Oh, did you get a candle? And- I got a candle. <laughs> nice. You're a candle that smells like a child. <laughs> Trust me, I know what that smells like. And it's not good. <laughs> well, this one, this particular child, smells like vanilla, mango, banana, and kiwi fruit. 
and it is very tasty smelling. It's so refreshing and fruity. I like it. That's nice. My child smells like sour cheese. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's so great. I I forget that they used to call him the child. That's a. a, (laughs) I forgot they called him uh, uh, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, yeah. (laughs) And now he's come across with a new name. He's got a new name. And a new title as well. And a new. Yay! Sir. Sir. Oh, by the way, Mandalorian spoilers, everybody, for the last episode. Yes. Just warning you now. Spoilers (laughs) for the finale. Um, yes, this is episode eight, The Return. Um, yes. So, as an overall thought from me on this one, um, yeah, it was good. I liked it. Um, I'm glad I watched it again before I did this because it made me like it more. Um, because after I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, that was good. We probably, it felt like, like it was definitely like a, a very much a two part episode, like, because, like, it picks up immediately where last week's episode, episode seven, where that ended. Um, so yeah, it kind of ran into that, um, nicely. Um, but yeah, I think I had high expectations on this because, you know, Mandalorian season finales, especially the finale of season two, Lord, um, (laughs) they're known for, (laughs) known for big reveals and known for, known for, known for epic, epic stuff and there was some there was some of that in there but i just needed to again me and my stupid brain having high expectations for things um so i'm yeah i'm glad i rewatched it because yeah it made me appreciate it a bit more it was a great episode lots of really good action sequences um and and high tension um and suspense and peril i did not enjoy watching grogu being stalked by praetorian guards that was not my (laughs) thing and hearing Din go no, and I'm like oh fuck, so it's just not pleasant. <laughs> yes, but but yeah, but it was but it was good, and I have lots of questions because to me, I don't know about you guys, but to me this felt like it could have been a series finale the way it ended. Like yes, a lot of Ooh, yeah. a lot of the loose ends were tied up, and I found that really interesting given the fact that we now know Dave Filoni is going to be making a Star Wars movie that's kind of gonna tie everything up like bring mandalorian probably ahsoka and all the sh- the tv stuff on disney plus into a film to finish it um uh, so it's very interesting i do have mm. a big theory behind that yeah go mm. well it was sort of the big it sort of explains like a certain shot like right at the end yeah you're talking about the what the final shot of the two of them just you know, yeah. being all domestic. Yeah, the lens, the lens going. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people lost their shit over that that moment. Yeah. <laughs> shall, shall I divulge or should we save it? I mean, I if you want to, you want to go for it. I'm happy for you too. Okay. Um. Well. Uh. First of all, um, I thought I thought it was an okay, um, episode. I'm sort of in the same boat. I thought. My first initial was, huh, okay, <laughs> and sort of had the same feel as uh, as it might might be a a, a series finale instead of a, se- um, a season finale, and with that, um, someone said it's not it's not my 
I didn't figure this out, and but someone said uh, I can't remember who who it was, so I'm sorry I can't um, give credit. But they actually said that that um, transition shot uh, happens at the end of uh, at the end of every single first movie of trilogy. So it happened in New Hope at the end, and it ha- and it happened in. Um, Phantom Menace, and it also happened in in Force Awakens. So the theory that I come, uh, I've sort of uh, thought of was this is like a season uh, series finale, but for this chunk, and there's going to be three chunks because everything's in three. Mm. So it could be like mm. this is like the Mandalorian chunk of. Uh, the Mandalorians and getting back Mandalore and and then maybe for the Ahsoka stuff that would be the start of uh, phase two dare we say right uh, so this would so this is coming up to be like the um, the Empire strike strikes back sort of moment where we're going to be getting Thrawn and and mm. everything leading up to it and then and then after that uh, we'll have the third chunk, and maybe there will be a movie at the end, or the third chunk is the movie. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Like okay. No, Story-wise, I was thinking that way. Yeah. No, that kind of that kind of works. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to remember how, because I don't think from from memory in those three movies, like it do, it does do that same. Like wipe thing to like, credits, you, yibbity yibbity, that but, all folks. But it doesn't do it yeah. the exact same way because, like, no, in this, it sort of in this case, this this one kind of does this really cute thing where it just lingers on them. Um, yeah, but yeah, they don't, yeah, fully do it that way. But mm. anyway, but yeah, um, yeah, no, that's a great theory. Yeah, I like. It's that. like the tri- it's like sense. the triumphant. We did a thing, but shit's gonna get down. <laughs> She's gonna get like, down. Like we just destroyed the first Death Star, peace. Yeah, and I can't remember Force Awakens because I I've only seen that once. Yeah, I don't remember how. I don't remember what the final shot. Yeah, I've only seen it once as well. I've seen it three times. Yeah, I've seen it three times, and I don't remember. But I haven't watched it in a couple of years, so. Um, mm. Fulia, what did you think of this episode overall? General thoughts? Uh, wow. Like, what an episode to end on. There's so much happening. Um, but it all sort of made sense when it came together. Um, just the fact that, you know, just seeing all these Mandalorians band together and, you know, fight the good fight for their own, to, to retake their home again. And, Man, you know, just, you know, seeing, uh, you know, uh, Din and, and Grogu and, and just, oh my gosh, like, Grogu was a little bit, you know, a little bit more fun to watch in this episode as well, because, you know, just no. sort of running no. around in his no. little armor uh, suit. <laughs> his suit. And actually helping out in battle, because, I know, it was great. you know, Din, Din was like, I'm, I'm going to need you to be brave for me, buddy. Aww. And I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, the, overall, this episode just, it was, it was wonderful to watch. And, and the, and the way that they all sort of, you know, finished it off as well. You're right. It did feel kind of like a, a series finale. And I kind of wish that's what it was, but because they've got, I think one more season coming and I'm just like, mm. well, they said they've got plans until like season five. So yeah, whatever that yeah. means. Mm. I don't know. Like we'll, we'll, we'll see where they take it. I, I feel like things are going to happen uh, on Mandalore. Um, I don't, I don't think that what's his name is dead. Um, oh no. Once you open, <laughs> once you open that door of cloning, it's like, well, was it was it the clone of Moth Gideon? Because mm. there's a lot of speculation. Well, he didn't have a mustache, so that must mean it's not the real one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because shaving doesn't exist in a galaxy no. far, far away. Yeah, this is the same universe that uh, accents are hereditary. Yeah, they're, they're hereditary, not um, localized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Mm. Mm. Um. Fulia, uh, I just asked you yes. that question. Um, yes. I, now I'm going to ask Michael the same question. <laughs> what, yeah. what did I think? What did you think overall? Overall, overall, um, yeah. As I said, I thought, I thought, oh, okay. None. I had all these speculations, and I thought, oh, nothing came to pass. Everything's mm. all happy and cheery. I'm nervous. <laughs> so, mm. but, but, um, yeah, uh, I was hoping for. Ever since when Din gave the dark, uh, the dark saber to, to Bogotan, I thought, oh, it could, it could have had something like, a, like a, a fight, a, a fight for power, or uh, between destiny and, and uh, the fight between destiny and, and preordained or anything, and mm. different ideologically, uh, different ideological, like. Um, mythos within the mandalorians uh, and then all of a sudden the sword gets passed and and the uh the armorer says oh you're you're the saver and everyone is speculating are you the spy but we didn't get really a spy thing nope <laughs> so it's like oh okay there's, there's still still more questions still more questions <laughs> ha- happening and mm. yeah and and then they re- retook Mandalore. So, uh, what does that entail for the rest of the um, uh, rest of the galaxy? And hmm, and what is the uh, t- connective tissue between between the original trilogy to the prequel trilogy? There's still mm. more questions and mm. more, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, more please. Well, on that, um, let's talk about um, the the Bo-Katan story uh, and and Mandalore. Um, you know, one of the criticisms, obviously, this season has been the fact that Din Djarin has taken a back seat. Um, some people have not liked that. Some people have been indifferent. Some people have been like, "Yeah, that's fine, whatever." Um, I, like, I mean, I was okay with it, uh, I suppose, overall, um, but. I mean, I did kind of, it did kind of feel weird to for, for a show that's so Din Djarin focused for so long for him to kind of be 
like sidestepping um, to let her kind of take the spotlight. But I enjoyed her storyline and her character growth. Like at the start of the season, she's, you know, down in the dumps in her castle that no, now no longer exists. And, you know, she's there's no hope for her really. And now nobody the, loves me. Nobody loves me. Um, over the course of this episode, of this, sorry, this series, this season, she's, um, you know, now she's, she has now been able to fulfill her birthright and, you know, actually reunite the, the scattered people of Mandalore, um, and begin again. Um, which is, I think really wonderful. Um, and I've really enjoyed seeing a lot more of Katie Sackhoff in this show because she's just, uh, she's great. She's very talented. And, um, yeah, I think she, she plays the character very, very well. So, yeah, so I, I'm I, I, wrapping up the Bo-Katan stuff was good. And, and, and you know, seeing seeing the two sides of, the, you know, the Death Watch and the, you know, the, the other Mandalorians come together and, you know, and relight the forge at the end. That was, that was, that was really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got one nitpick, but I think I might save it for the next point I want to bring up. Um, but yeah, um, Fulia, what did you what did you think about um, the wrapping up of the, you know, the the re- rebirth of Mandalore and Bo-Katan? Uh, I I really liked the way they did that, uh, and it's it was almost ceremonial as well, and it just the way they um, had the lighting of the of the uh, of the forge the great forge um was it was awesome kind of like you know the olympics with the olympics it's <laughs> 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 what it reminded me of um and it was nice that it was bo katan who got to light it up um we it was really cool even though she you know spoilers lost the dark saber uh she was she's still considered the leader of mandalore um and I really liked that. So the way they decided to wrap it up with her still being the leader, um, I was happy for, for Bo-Katan. So, uh, yeah. No, I, I like the way that they wrapped it up. Yeah. Nice. Michael, what, what about you? How do you feel about it? Yeah. Um, I was a bit shocked that everything was tied up very nicely with, with her. It's like, I do appreciate her story. And for people who don't know... Uh, or haven't seen seen um, Rebels or, or the Clone Wars, uh, they don't know. So this is like the first foray of, of Bo-Katan and where we see her at the start of this season and and when she ends up is is a good little journey for a character. Uh, uh, being pretty much um, virtually outcast from from the rest of them because of one symbol and the symbol now is being is destroyed so uh it i yeah i don't know if i if i like that or not but i do like the fact that the the uh mandalorians who have um so much uh so invested into this symbol of uh the only way you can unite the mandalorians is with the dark saber and now and now it's now it's gone, uh, and that sort of doesn't really didn't really um, have much of a speaking role like in between those things. And it feels like it was off screen sort of banter. It's like, uh, well, you don't have the dark anymore, so what's the point? Who cares? So 
yeah. maybe they'll lead up into so- something else later down down the track. And yeah, Mandalore is ne- never safe and never uh, and and never th- and always fraught with chaos. And who knows? Maybe in the in the prequel trilogy, uh, there's no more Mandalore, and this is a means to no end of them hmm. being fractured and, and all that. But at the moment, happy. We're all happy now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, that, that's a really good point I didn't actually think about. Like, they, with the Darksaber being destroyed now um, mm. and, and then placing it in such high regard for so long, like, it's this, you know, it's this huge symbol of their culture and, and, and you know, they're like, as you said, like, preordained sort of, like, stuff. Like, with... Yeah, like with the um, the uh, not not the children of the watch, but the other guys that faction. Yeah. And, but with the children of the watch saying it's it's just a sword. Who cares? This they don't that ain't the way. This is our way. That ain't the way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that ain't the way. That ain't the way. Um. Yeah, but uh, the idea that like, you know, for them to have placed it in such high regard for so long and it for it to mean so much. Um, for them to not even acknowledge the fact uh, that it's been destroyed, I that I didn't even kind of click on that, and that actually is a bigger problem, <laughs> I think, than the actual <laughs> than the actual nitpick I have, which I will now bring up because we're talking about the dark saber. Well, just in general, the fact that it's destroyed, I I I don't like, um, just because again, it's supposed to be this big thing, and now all of a sudden it's gone, um, and no, and then as you've pointed out no emphasis was placed on, on on that i found very strange especially for an episode that's only 40 minutes it's not like they were pressed for time they could have had a scene <laughs> they could have done something so they've made a decision there not to acknowledge it which is very interesting hmm. um not well, even maybe oh, that's well. the re- maybe maybe that's the reason why they decided not to acknowledge it because it's not the real like it's it's not that important any like it's not that important anymore it's it's just well a, it's just a saber that you know maybe that was the point i yeah no that's true it could be but uh, even then yeah. that no like one can wield on it so so it doesn't it doesn't mean a thing anymore mm. yeah, i can sort of get that because one of the main reasons why they didn't follow bogotan like at the start of the season is because din had it because he um out uh, disarmed Moth Gideon, so mm. and if there's no sword to speak of then meh oh well what are we going to do not have this planet anymore and we're just going to leave no we've got this yeah. we've got the planet now yeah. yeah yeah but I don't know I I get it I just I feel like they needed they needed a scene or something yeah. about it you felt you um, felt a bit cheated did you <laughs> where's the dark saber <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Luke Skywalker flew it off a cliff. Um, no. Um, I, or that... the dragon burnt the entire thing in season eight of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. Um, and we gave it to Brandon. But, and we gave it to Brandon Stark for reasons unfathomable. Um, anyway, <laughs> so, but the nitpick I wanted to mention, apart from that, um, I just find, found it really interesting that during during this like like I gotta just say first up I loved the fight um, with between Moff Gideon and Dinjar and and then with Bo Katan coming in I thought that whole 
that was great. That was mm-hmm. probably my favorite of all of the, you know, the different um, action set pieces that happened in the episode. I thought it was awesome. Um, the f- weird thing to me was the fact that <laughs> Moff Gideon's like, give me the dark saber and I will give you a warrior's death. And she's like, nah, fuck this. I'm not having this. And then I'm sitting there watching. Screw you, mate. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there watching it. And then I actually counted roughly the seconds because he says that. And then like 20 seconds later, he destroys it. And I'm just sitting there going, what? What does this mean? <laughs> why, did we, <laughs> why did we do that? Why did we add this line of dialogue that you clearly you don't need to add in because you can't see the actors' mouths moving because there's stunt people in those suits for one. Um, and, you know the voices are you know modulated or whatever to sound like they're within helmets you can fucking why did you put that line in it would have been so much better if you took that line out of him saying give me the saber and just have him destroy it and then saying and then his whole thing about you know your people can't hold on to shit or you 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 trinkets or whatever he Hmm. says i can't remember i can't remember that line because i was so pissed about the other thing Uh, (laughs) but it's just i don't know that just kind of didn't sit right with me. That's probably the only thing in the episode I was like, apart from again okay. the point that Michael's just raised. Like that's one. Of the, that was just one of the things I was just like, "What's? Why did they do that? I didn't like that. I don't know." Does, I do did, have a head cannon for that, maybe. Go. Make yeah. Um, because I had a theory that Moff Gideon was a former Mandalorian. Reason why he's so gung ho of keeping Mandalore to himself and having the dark saber but apparently that's that that's not the case because there's no clarification as yet but if he's not a mandalorian and he's just here because beskar is like the best metal it's unattainium is the be- best um alloy to like combat like any anything and you you have three three of the best like sort of um armies well combat people you got mandalorian armor you got and he wants to do jedi jedi stuff and he and also cloning as well so i don't if if he's not a if he's not a mandalorian then he the only reason why he got the dark saber is because the mandalorians these uh, these uh sections of mandalorians are so invested into the into the thing it's so i can't do that because that's a spoiler for rebels anyway um whatever um thrawn what thrawn his big thing he's more calculated than anyone in the empire is because um he studies uh like um the art and the architecture of every single like um uh, of their people and if you understand that then you can control what they think and do and and Mothginian is probably doing the same thing with the uh, dark saber how how uh, if, if he wills it then in in fact he he owns like mandalorian like lore and all that right and and so uh, and so when he said, uh, "Give me the dark saber, and I'll give you a warrior's death," it's like it's like, "No, I'll, I'm I'm going to keep it." It's like, "Ah, you still think that you're that you're shit hot because you got the dark saber? I'm going to destroy it in front of you, and all your th- and all your thoughts and dreams and will will be crushed when I crush it and shit." So, yeah. 
and, <laughs> and so uh, I don't know. Yeah, so Maybe. sort of as a as like he he just he was like, all right, you won't give it to me, then I then you know if I can't have it, then no one can. Sort of mentality. Yeah, mm. it's sort it's sort of yeah. like um, uh, it's sort of like fully out. You've got like a Lilo and Stitch thing behind you. Mm. If I destroy that, will your soul be crushed? Of course it will. Then I can outwit you in battle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. That. Yeah, that no, that works. That works. That works. It's just you I don't know. got against my Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> uh, I'm just. It's an example. I'm not going to do anything. Uh-huh. Calm down. Sure. Calm down. <laughs> um. Well, you don't my- care about Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> yeah, that those Jedi mind tricks aren't going to work on me. <laughs> You're a toy Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Speaking of Moff Gideon, we should. We should probably talk about him. Um, I didn't pick the fact that he was cloning himself. Um, we no, neither seen... did I. Yeah. Neither did I. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, especially given last episode when he's like, cloning's more your thing or whatever he said to, to Hux or whatever. Um, yeah, so that was it's that like, was Bitch, you've got cloning tanks. What are you talking about? Yeah, like we knew he had tanks already, but we didn't know who he was cloning or what he was doing. Like, yeah, not surprised that it was trying to obviously put the force in, like, into a, a person because that's what he's been wanting to do um, since we met him really in season one um, mm. with you know with Grogu. Um, but just the narcissism. Not only to clone, not only to clone himself, but to, for him to be like, and you, you snuffed them out before they could take their first breath. Like, <laughs> calm down, mate. Those <laughs> are my he, children. He just, he loves himself a little too much. Um, mm. But, um, but yeah, I, as for whether or not he's dead, I'm... I'm of two. He was wearing Beskar armor. Yeah. Like I'm of t- look, come on. I'm of two minds. I'm of two minds because I I feel like it should be the end because like you know there's been so much Moff Gideon blah blah, blah like and for them to you know get rid of him and come back and get rid of him and come back it's just you don't want to keep returning to this mm. well and and beating a dead horse yeah. right so I feel like if it's Star Wars. If, I know it's Star Wars, but somehow, yeah, somehow Palpatine returned. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Which is part of the reason why I'm like, he's not dead, especially because, like you've said, Fulia, he was wearing Beskar, and I know that doesn't entirely mean that he would have survived the intensity of that heat, but, you know, because Din, Din and Grogu and Bo-Katan, like, you know, he has fucking Beskar on him, um, mm. but they, they didn't. Um, but, but basically, no I just... No mustache. But, and the fact... Also, the fact that there was no body, there was no remains, like, fire has to be, and I know this because I've researched it for my book, fire has to be really fucking hot to burn bones. And Beskar, the way that they go on about it in Star Wars, it's like, as you said, Mike, unobtainium. So, I mean, (laughs) there was nothing there. He's still alive. I'm, yeah. I don't want him to come back, but he's going to come back. Um, mm. yeah, I don't know, but which is fine. Cause he was badass. I loved him in his 
he's space sour on outfit fighting both of them and shit it was just awesome um so yeah so if they bring him back i'll get over it but um yeah i don't know what do you think folia do you think you think nobody no crime you think he's dead you think he's alive what do you reckon I yeah no I don't think he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> no when one that, in Star when Wars that scene dies. Pa- <laughs> yeah, when that scene came up, I was just like, he's not dead. It's like you need the body to be there, limp as a noodle, to then check and see if he's dead to be dead. He's not dead. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, lying th- on a on a thatch of wood and burnt. Yes, yes. there was no there was no. Um, Owen or Baru like burnt skeletons. Like it's not. Yeah. <laughs> not to mention the man has a jetpack. He could have flew out of there. Yeah. Well, they all could have flown out of there. So I suppose yeah. exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I don't think he has because Beskar wouldn't really melt in that kind of heat. No, I don't so think so. Easily, I don't think so. Not without leaving um, no trace like that. There was no trace. Like Exactly. Exactly. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, I think he's still alive. Whether or not they'll bring him back is another thing. I'm not sure. Um, really, it really comes down to where they want to take the story mm. in, in the next season. True. So, and I suppose um, he could appear in Ahsoka as well. Exactly. Yeah. So there is a possibility that he might pop up elsewhere other than the Mandalorian. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Like, yeah. Nah, that man ain't dead. Yeah. He's still alive. <laughs> Michael, what do you think? You, you're firm in the he's still alive camp? Oh, yeah, he's still alive. And I had a very, very, very stupid idea, which oh, I yeah. hope doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> he's so burnt up in the crisp and he really loves um cloning himself uh he he becomes a crisp and he turns into snoke <laughs> no no <laughs> snoke doesn't have a mustache <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no i don't i don't think but yeah i think the door is open for that if they do something do something along those lines or maybe he, he pops up at like the far end or he becomes like yeah i don't know the because someone always dies like i'm i'm thinking george george lucas like it it should rhyme where you got like darth mm. maul uh, and he's supposedly dead but he does come back and uh, sequel trilogy, uh, I can't remember, whatever. Uh, but in New Hope, who dies but comes back? Well, yeah, I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking probably Boba Fett. It's like he's supposed to be dead, but he comes back. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking he comes back, but I, but I still, I'm still leaning towards that. That that was a clone of him, and he wouldn't have himself there. He would have himself somewhere else, like safe, something, mm. with a mustache and <laughs> best guy armor, and and clone, clone. Yeah, that was that was the other thing that a friend of mine made me think of. Like, you know, we're talking about the clones and like, oh, surely one of them survived. And it made me think of, and he he thought this was random as fucking funny, but 
the the ending of Godzilla 1998 with Matthew Broderick, how there's like one egg left yeah. in Madison Square Garden that like a, a, a baby Godzilla breaks breaks out of. Um, yeah, I just pictured this Moff Gideon just like <laughs> yeah. naked, naked Moff Gideon just punching his way out of the thing. What did you guys think of the um that scene where like you know that cliche of oh one of them opens their eyes and then poor poor little Grogu was so scared. Uh, I didn't like that jump scare. I I expected that to happen. Oh I'm just yeah, like, and the when, eyes when, open when. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that moment. I didn't like it. Yeah, um, too cheesy. Too yeah, it was a bit too much. Um, it's Star Wars. I know Star Wars does have cheese in it. There's some cheese. Um. Cool. Well, I think one of the last things we should talk about, really, is just in this episode, how fantastic Din Djarin and henceforth Sir Din Grogu. Hello. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I loved Yay! I loved the two of them in this episode so much. It was just wonderful. Like, you said it before, Fulia, that moment where um, Din Djarin had to be like, um, I need you to be brave for me, Grogu. And I was like, oh, God. But the way that Grogu's like, he nods. And then yes, and then that's the cold open. We cut to the title card and the music just swells. And it was just like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Clan of two, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, that was great. Um, I loved it. I loved everything about the sequence of the two of them having to work together. Um, and, you know... And, Grogu having his own agency with the droid and um and you know Grogu Grogu rescuing him because that was the first thing I noticed at the start of the episode when all of the Mandalorians are getting out um where's Grogu there was no shot of Grogu and I'm like oh he's gone back to save Din of course of course he has um so that was that was really cool um and then that sequence too you know what I really also loved the R5 what an Mm. MVP oh my god (laughs) I'm here for R5 supremacy, I will say. MVD. MVD. Most valuable droid. Um, and yeah. And the fact that, that Din Djarin kept calling him buddy. He kept saying, I need you to do this for me, buddy. Can you break down the shields, buddy? I'm like, call him buddy all day, please. It was just... <laughs> it, was lo- it was so lovely. And I, that whole sequence, too, was a great set piece. The, the shields breaking... And him just being a fucking boss and tearing through... All of those guards. I thought that mm. I thought that was excellent. Um, yeah, and then the only other thing I didn't like, but it was good for the episode, but I didn't like it. But just yeah, like I said before, seeing 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 Grogu be like cowering and like he's just like no no no, don't hurt my dad. And then they come, for, the guards come for him, and then but then he uses the force and it's badass and it's yeah, so Oosh. good. Anyway, Oosh. yeah, so great. Um, Fulia, what did you think of um, the the clan of two? In this episode. Oh, I love them so much. <laughs> I was really hoping that, uh, you know, they'd come together and, and end up being a family. Um, so that was really heartwarming, yeah. to say the least, uh, at the end. Um, so nice. And those two are also, like, helping each other out in battle. Um, you know, even though Grogu only has so much that he can do... Um, it was still really nice to see that he could hold his own mm. in 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 a little bit of a battle sequence uh, with the red guards and and he's just jumping around 
for, for like in a whole circle on the on the lights uh, as they're trying to tear him down. Mm. And but then the moment he fell down and then the pipes fell on him, I'm like, no. Um, yeah, and it was, it was like, for a second, for a second, I thought, uh-oh, he's going to get captured, uh -oh. and then, and then dad comes in, and he's just like, yay, uh, so, it was, it was good, I, I really enjoyed the whole sequence, this whole little sequence towards the end, and, um, you know, especially when they go back to Navarro, and, yeah, or, you know, and they've got, uh, they've got their own little, they've got their own little place. It looks so cute and homey and wholesome and, uh, just, you know, and then just Grogu just using the force to, to float some frogs. <laughs> yeah. It was a nice little callback to the book of Boba Fett with the frogs. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed the way that they decided to end it, especially with those two and the fact that he's now no longer a foundling. He is now... And a, a Mandalorian apprentice, and the son of Din Djarin, and ah, oh, just mwah, it was loved it. <laughs> it was so nice. Like I mean, I thought it was already a given that he was his, his son, really. But the fact, mm. just hearing hearing Din say, "I'll adopt him," you know, like I just I nearly started crying. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like the the transition from him working alone in season one. Oh. To, to now having a relationship with, with Grogu and now adopting him. And he likes he's... droids now. And he likes droids. Yeah. And he likes oh, character, droids. Character so growth. That, that character growth from, from, from Din Djarin is just amazing. And I loved it. And I will keep loving it because it's such a great show. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. So good. Michael, your thoughts on, on Din Jaren and Din Grogu in this episode. Sir Din Grogu. Sir Din Grogu. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't really add too much. I, I, I enjoy it because, you know, being, being a dad myself, I thought, oh, save him. And had, uh, yeah, I had my stomach and my heart, like, swapped when I was going, oh, no, don't, because we've seen what happened to, to, to Faz. Don't mm. want don't want that shit to happen to Grogu, not the Grogu. I mean, we can't really do that to Grogu because he's a good toy. <laughs> so <laughs> no one's gonna do that to Grogu. Um mm. yeah, it, it it was just a great heartwarming uh, thing by the by the end because they um they all work together and and like a couple of times that Grogu has like saved in. Uh, especially at the start and and doing the yeah we are Grogu uh, th yeah oh, what a moment yeah mm. but he is he is learning because after something like that he would have fallen asleep but but he, he was still a little pooped afterwards yeah he was pooped so he so he's not quite there yet he's yeah <laughs> <laughs> so and then just life on the farm at the end yeah and still and and. And also um, being being a being a, a hired hand for incursions with the New Republic. Yeah, that was that was an interesting interesting twist of of, of him going. I want to be an independent contractor 
um, for the New Republic. On a case-by-case basis. Mm. Very interesting. Mm. I want to do what I did. and But not on the books, but, you know. <laughs> I got a kid to feed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Feed yes. him with frogs. Feed him mm. with frogs. Um, and then, of course, yeah, I, IG-11 technically came back to life. I guess I, I they did they did they did mention that his memory was wiped, you know, a couple episodes ago. So that's probably not um, a, a thing that it, it it might be. And he's just the marshal of Navarro now, so it's fine, I guess. Yeah, he, he's a babysitter for the entire entire place. Mm. Yeah, so he sure is. I thought, yeah, it's okay. Um, I was I was a bit like hesitant. It's like, oh, you're gonna bring bring him back. It's like, nah, not this time. But in this case, yeah, it's all right. We're we're all with in the fields now, where all these characters are are going to be set, like right here. Mm. Like the Mandalorians are back. Bo-Katan's now in charge. And yeah, I know my dinner's ready. Okay, and yeah, if you can hear him, I can hear him. Um, yeah, so it, it is the case of ha- having this as a, uh, a series finale of all your characters going to be right here and we'll pick them up when we need them. Yeah. 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 That works. And also, and also a brief cameo from Dave Filoni himself. He's got that hat. Was that he... Hat. Wait, where? Was he in the, that bar again? Did oh, I miss you missed him? him again? Yeah, I missed him again. Yeah, he was in the bar. Yeah. Okay. Nice. He's, he's the one with the Akubra. The Akubra. The, yeah, the Star Space Akubra. The Space Akubra. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, shall we end there, or do you guys have any anything else you want yeah. to raise before we wrap? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. I'm really looking forward to what else they'll bring yeah. to, um, to the Mandalorian and um, you know, hopefully we at least get like a couple episodes of them just chilling and doing their thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a return. And a little to bit of, basics. and a little bit of like a little bit of bounty hunting together and stuff. Yeah, like that. Like, exactly. You know, father and son bonding. No, bounty hunting is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> it's illegal. Yes. It's illegal. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. I'm more, more than happy of ha- having them just having like each week a thing. Mm. And not mm, necessarily yeah. doing like an overarching thing because everything's sort yeah. of set and and done. Yeah, but and mm-hmm. the and just leads into the the biggest threat is Thrawn, and I can't wait for that. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. So, so they may so they may bring Grogu and Din back back in for that. They'd probably be side characters as they as they are now and set in their ways because their character arc is pretty much done. It pretty much is. Um, mm. Yeah. Although it's funny you say that them being side characters in Soka, I'm like, this is the guy who, the two characters that had two episodes in a show that it wasn't about them, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was suddenly about them. So part, part <laughs> of me doesn't want any any cameos in, in Ahsoka, but um, I, I, we'll see what happens. I'm just excited yeah. for that mm. show. So. No, I don't think they're probably going to be in that because it's too too much stuff in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To, There's a lot going say, on. Hey, here's, here's, here's these guys. What are they going to do? Yeah. They're just yeah. here for, 
for, for the background. <laughs> yeah, moral okay. support. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I think that's it. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yay. Good stuff. Um, awesome. Well, um, that's Popcorn Culture wrapped up. That's the podcast. Done for another week. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And that, and that, that was a podcast. Was a podcast, podcast called Fred. Yes, 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 yes. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Freddy Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Fred the Alien, you can head over to youtube.com forward slash Fred the Alien Productions. And if you're watching the video back right now, make sure to like it, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell icon to be notified of future content. And if you're watching us over on Twitch, please remember to give us a follow. Twitch.tv forward slash Fred the Alien Twitch. Yes. Yes. I've been a Kendall Richardson. I've been a Fulia Cantarmaggio. And I've been Sir Din Lister. Thank you for listening Beam. and watching. Woo. There we go. Freddy lives, Loki dies, the doctor is in, and have you seen the new uh, um set photos for the new Doctor Who. Man, Shooter Gata looks snazzy in his blue string uh, pinstripe suit. Ooh. 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 this now. Latest gators, I'm looking at Shooter Gatwa. <laughs> <laughs> Again? Again. <laughs> Remember to look after yourself and your mental health, everyone. Yeah. Please do. Yes. Yes. And, and, and Oh, he does look snazzy. <laughs>